and this is Coach Ben here, and welcome to the Benchcast, episode four. How's everyone doing today? It is Wednesday, late morning. We are out here in HQ. I'm with Small Arm Leg Strong on Instagram at Small Arm Leg Strong. We are recording the Benchcast. All right. Wish we had a, a nicer day out, but it is what it is, right? Can't have flowers without the rain. Yeah, it is still April, so I guess we're getting those April showers that are going to supposedly bring our May flowers. And uh, I'm getting some flowers springing up in the backyard right now. I'm pretty pumped about that shit. Went hiking last week, a place called Mutton Town around here in Long Island. They have some ruins. Pretty cool place. You've been there, huh? Of course. That is always a top spot to go hiking in Long Island. Yeah, so if you're in Long Island, you check out Mutton Town. That was a pretty cool trip there. Um... I felt like I was going to get lost. Lots of different trails in there leading everywhere. 100% get lost, but it definitely have sight to see there. Mm-hmm. I personally went up to a Lower Hudson Valley, went up to Bull Hill. That was okay. that was something. That's so not a hill. hiking too, huh? Yep. It's hiking season. It's hiking season. Which means it's fishing season as well. I'm going deep sea fishing on Friday. Really pumped about that. Um, going down to Florida. Actually leaving tomorrow. And uh, going to be going fishing with my dad and my grandpa. And the last time we all went fishing together, I was really young, and uh, I went to cast my rod, and um, I got snagged really hard. It was like I hit a brick wall, like right in the middle of my cast, and I ended up snagging my grandpa's forearm (laughs) with my lure, and, uh, you know, he'll never let that one down. But, um, you know, I was kind of, I was afraid he was going to take me and throw me off the boat, to be honest with you, but he held his composure. He really took it like a man. He didn't uh, didn't say much. He just kind of plucked it out. But <laughs> hopefully we don't have a repeat experience of that. Uh, but that's going to be a good time. So we're on Instagram Live for those getting a sneak peek at the Benchcast. And we are interacting here. Today we are talking about your first meet experience. More so like what to expect during your first meet. So this is really good for those incoming new powerlifters. And there's a lot of them. A lot of people, you know, a lot of CrossFit's popping up. A lot of people getting into lifting, I think, through CrossFit's and there's been a boom lately in the powerlifting world here. I see a lot of CrossFitters coming over. A lot of CrossFitters coming over. Yeah, we see it at the yep. gym all the time. A lot of CrossFitters coming over, trying out something new. Um, a lot of them are even doing dual sports. They're continuing their CrossFitting training. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. They're doing both. But either way, you know, a lot of people getting into powerlifting, which means a lot of people jumping into their first meet. And I remember my first meet, and it was a really nerve-wracking experience. Yeah, I was pretty nervous for a while because you don't know what the hell you're getting into. Um, I didn't have a coach or nothing. I was just kind of going with the flow and whatever happened and, and kind of reading up on the rules and stuff. But, you know, you got to put yourself – because we're, we're, like, experienced now. We've been through it, you know. Um, yeah, I've been coaching it for years now. And um, you got to kind of take a step back, put yourself in their shoes. If you're starting out powerless to me, you're nervous – you don't know what to expect. You don't even know the rules. You're reading the rule book. You're trying to like get ahead of the the game here and what to expect. And and you probably don't have many powerlifting friends yet, unless you're part of a powerlifting gym. You probably don't know anyone in the sport. That was my case. I really didn't know anyone else that was powerlifting. Uh, I met a few people at the meet, and everyone was really nice. I think that's everyone experiences. They're, that. They're always surprisingly nice. Yeah, the craziest looking people. They probably got rings hanging out of every nostril and shit. But 
you know, shaved heads, big beards, that's the common theme. But um, it gets a little intimidating, but everyone's super nice, a power lift to me. While it's, you know, you're trying to push some big numbers and you train hard for this, everyone's super amped to just help other people out too, which makes it a really awesome environment, something really unique, I think. I don't think a lot of strength sports end up being like that. But anyways, you know, taking that step back, kind of putting myself in those shoes again, uh, I didn't know anything going in, and I think this podcast is really going to kind of reassure someone's nerves. And I think it's something, even if you're experienced yourself, you should share with uh, a friend of yours that might be getting into the sport, might be thinking about doing their first meet. Uh, I think this will be very valuable for them. So I guess first place to start, first place I wanted to start here was just, um, you know, what when you think you're ready for that first meet. Because I know something that holds a lot of people up is... They don't feel quite ready to do their first meet. For whatever reason, they don't think their numbers are high enough. Um, they're probably still nervous at the root of it, and they just don't want to commit. Uh, can you take yourself back to that time? Did you feel like that that sensation of not being ready? I definitely didn't think I was ready for a long time. I even my first meet, I'm not going to say I jumped in early, but I'm going to say that I wish I had seeked out some more information before I got into it. Okay, I think... That's a lot of people will say that in their first meet if they don't have anyone helping them out, um, that they kind of looked up more about it. But uh, you know, you shouldn't let your nerves or just the fear of the unknown hold you back from just doing it. Uh, I think the biggest thing is people feel like it's a big competition with others, and if they don't perform well, it's just going to look horrible. It's going to look like they got their ass kicked. Um, crowd of people watching you and usually that crowd of people remember is majority made of family members who are watching their family yep they don't really give a shit what you end up doing they're just waiting for the family member to go yeah they're probably like eating stuff or like on instagram when you're lifting for the most part and a lot of them probably aren't even that into it they're just supporting um there's a few that are really into it but no one really goes, unless it's a big meet, no one just goes to watch lifts unless there's some really big-time lifters. So you got to keep that in mind. If you're going into your first meet here, majority of those people watching you, if you kind of have a fear of people watching you, they're mostly family, and they're watching their people, okay? So it, they're not going to have all eyes on you. They're going to be watching, but if you screw up, if you do well, they're not going to you know, have look a difference unless you're nope. squatting 900 your first meet. That's pretty real freaky. All right, and then you will be looked at like a freak show, but you probably enjoy that if you're hitting 900 pounds by then. In the best kind of way. Yes. Yep. So, um, you know, keep that in mind if you're going into your first meet. Is that that crowd um, could really care less about you, and in a nice way, right? <laughs> um, you know, you'll have your family there probably. Uh, I I did not. I had um, the lady with me, but no, you know, no extra family. Um, so it was nice, you know. It was a lot of. It wasn't a big crowd. It was a very, very small meet. Smallest meet I've been to. Still, my first meet. Uh, it was like thirteen lifters. Oh wow! Yeah, it was crazy. It was a real quick meet. Uh, it was like a church in there. No one was cheering, and that that actually makes me even more nervous <laughs> than if there was a little crowd cheering. Uh, there's just that dead silence because then you feel like everyone's watching you. Yep. But um, yeah, so keep that in mind if you're going into it. The numbers thing, so your fear of like competing with a bunch of people. Uh, Do you feel like that when you started out, like you had to compete against people, and you would have just like looked really bad if you didn't do well? I had absolutely no concern about any other person. 
at okay, all. Okay, that's, that's a little different. I just wanted to hit that grand total. I wanted to okay. hit a thousand pounds on my first meet. Did you have Did you have like kind of a, a nervous feeling of maybe not doing that? I had a. Do you think that held you back a little? You see, my my first meet, I I messed up the food and the hydration, so I never even got to finish. Were you trying meet. to cut weight? I was trying to cut weight. Oh, rookie uh, mistake, guys! Uh, Don't cut weight on your first meet. Come on now, you're just trying to set some numbers. What are you yeah. trying to get out of your first meet? You're trying to hit a world record? You're trying to go to a big national meet? Yeah, just get some numbers in. Just go in. You're not listen. You're not going at the end of the day. You're gonna remember the numbers you hit, not the number that you hit it at. The body weight number you hit it at. All right. So continue. That's solid advice. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so I never got to complete my first meet, but. I remember from my first meet, the people I met there, the advice I got from them, and it made me a better lifter overall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. The people you meet, like, guys, you got to just get into one because I'm telling you, if you're nervous about the people you're around, they are going to be the best types of people. Even if you have that one person that's just kind of to themselves and a little nutty, you're going to have, like... 30, 40 others in your groups that are just, like, tremendously helpful. Everyone's just shooting the shit, talking, lifting, and, and trying to help you out. All right? So it's it's never, never like, um, you know, like a Mean Girls episode thing where... <laughs> like, she doesn't even go here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's not any of that. Everyone's super welcoming. If you tell someone it's your first meet and you're around a bunch of experienced people... They will scoop you up like a baby duck and try to be your mother. They just want to help you. <laughs> yeah, they they, they want everyone, to see you do well. Everyone's just gonna all of a sudden welcome you into your group. You're gonna be like sponsored by five different affiliate <laughs> groups, and uh, you know that's it's a really cool feeling. And I urge you to if it's your first meet. I remember coaching some guys at you know, the last New England meet. I was at RPS. and uh, someone told me it was their first meet. It was an older guy. He must have been like 45 or so. And uh, he was shooting shit with me about him being his first me. I'm in the back coaching. You know what I do? I just, I'm helping people out the whole time. I'm not lifting. But uh, I just shot the shit with him. I stayed extra on uh, on the Sunday before heading back, taking the three-hour drive. And I just stayed extra. And he, he was super concerned about everything. He didn't know how warm-ups were going to run. Um, you know, we'll get into all this details. But he didn't know how anything was going to go, like how to space his warm-ups, uh, what he's going to expect when he gets on the platform. And, uh, you know, he had some meets and uh, numbers in mind. And I was just kind of reassuring him. I was like, hey, you know, no matter what you do, um, you know, you're going to have a great time at the end of the day. Just make sure you're picking lifts that you've done before, especially, guys, your opener. If it's your first meet, especially, you know, the good rule of thumb that I go off of is something you could three rep max in the gym or something you could walk into even if you were super dog sick and still hit it. Um, but if it's your first meet, I would drop that even more. I would do something you could like five rep max. I wouldn't even play around. I'd just get that lift in because you're going to be so nervous anyway. It, once you get that first lift in, nerves really start to calm down. What just was, settle in. What was your opener, your first meet? Something you could crush or? Something I could crush because uh, the information I got was actually from Paul Carter. Mm-hmm. He was like, you want your first attempt to be something you could wake up 3 a.m. with the flu and hit. Yeah, that was a good piece of advice there. I see a lot of lifters getting to the first meet, and they're, like, missing attempts in the back. And if I spot those people out, <laughs> man, I go up to them, and I'm just like, you know you could change your opener, right? I'm trying to, like, approach it in a nice way, but I'm always kind of giving them advice. I'm like, hey, guy, you might want to uh, you know, drop your opener a little bit, make it a little easier, go up on a second. 
because I hate seeing people bomb out just because their opener is like a one rep max. Especially on squats. Yeah. It, First of the day. You know, that's that's not the way you want to go out, especially, you know, at trying to get enjoyment out of your first meet. That's not the way you want to do it. And those people usually kind of dump out of the sport, you know, have yep. really bad experience. So, you know, always cool if you're an experienced person, if you're seeing someone struggling with weight in the back or they're taking triples with, like, their last warm-up, um, you know, just go over to them, try to approach them in a nice, polite way. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably one of their first meets, if not their very first, and, you know, they're looking for help anyway. So don't be afraid to go up to them and just shoot a little shit and, you know, give them some tips and advice. We got one from uh, Scott Wallace, powerlifter. His first, Scotty Wallace. His first meet experience was nervous as hell. Didn't know yeah. a soul at the meet. Just sat back, watched, and learned from other lifters. Yep. He didn't have a coach at the time, but he did right after it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so... Sounds like he had a good experience. He was into it after. He went out, seek the coach's help. Um, and I'm sure he was hooked after that. I'd love to, Scott, if you're still watching, man, I'd love to hear uh, more about, like, the after effects of the meet, like, the, how the experience was. Um, you know, did you hit all your lifts and all that? I'd love to hear some more feedback on, on what you felt after the meet. But, yeah, the nervousness thing, I don't think any... Like, I still get super nervous. I'm just as nervous now as I was my first meet. Nothing else changed. I mean, that's just going to happen. It's I still you, get amped up. Yep. Yeah, it's how you uh, how you approach it. You know, it's how you take that nervous energy and how you uh, harness it. And it's either going to turn into something good or it's going to turn into something not so great. And, you know, you want to make that energy work in your favor. So, um, I don't know, can you think of any more concerns... I don't, you know, I don't think we talked enough about the the numbers thing. Yeah, the numbers thing is a big thing. Just because a lot of people they don't take fatigue into account. I think that one's huge. Yeah, they they want to hit their best one rep max at the gym on a day where they didn't do anything else. Yeah, I, the, especially on deadlifts when it all ends, people think they can hit their one rep max, no problems. So they want to open with that. Yeah, that's a that's a big mistake. Big mistake. Openers huge. Uh, lead up. You want third attempt should probably just be your one rep max in the gym. To be honest with you, because Big difference between training numbers and meet numbers. There's so much is going on at a meet. Uh, you have to have distinction between the both. All right. Um, and hopefully the meet numbers are higher than your gym numbers down the road. But first meet, um, you know, even taking something less than what you did in the gym is not a bad idea. You know, kind of sandbag that first meet. Just get some numbers in because uh, at the end of the day, we train to compete and we want to do better than the numbers we did last time. It's not about what we did in the gym. No one really gives a shit. You know, unless you're a nope. casual lifter that has no thought of competing. But uh, it's all about the difference between a training number and a meet number. And, you know, we could really care less about those training numbers unless they translate to better meet numbers. So that's what it's all about. I, I want to touch again on, like, kind of, um, you know, thinking you have to hit certain numbers or you're competing against people when you're starting out. Because that's probably the biggest hump I think people have to get over with. Um, is at the end of the day, you are competing against yourself, especially your first meet. Like Scott said there, you know, you don't know anyone. You're not going to know who you're competing against. Um, nine times out of ten, you won't even know who's in your division unless you go looking for it. Nope. You know, they're not announcing it. This person is competing with this person. Uh, it's really, you're just going in there. You're trying to set some, some numbers. You're trying to set the bar to where you can break it next time. Right. So you're never, it's never like that. It's never a competitive thing uh, until you get in the higher levels, but then you're probably seeking that sort of thing. And you're not going to start your first meet trying to break a world record. 
Usually not. Usually, Usually not. Hopefully <laughs> not. But there's some freaks out there now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would just get over that thought process. It does. I like literally. So I had a good story here. So I had this guy I worked for. You know, we're still very good friends. Um, and he wanted to do powerlift with me. And literally, he trained one day for this meet. He just wanted to do it. He was it's 40, one day. forty something. He yeah. wanted to experience doing a meet. Um, so I gave him some tips. He, he, we literally were in the gym one day, uh, and he did not squat a 45-pound bar. And being as how RPS has a 65-pound bar, I was like, man, I don't know if he's going to squat an empty bar. <laughs> so I was like, I think I might have to tell him to bring in a bench bar. Like, it was really to that point. He just wanted to do it, and I was worried he wouldn't hit depth because he wasn't <laughs> hitting depth in the, in the gym. So um, luckily we got it to the point where he could hit 65 pounds, and that like that was kind of a struggle. He couldn't really get more than that. I think he did end up getting up to 85, but um, that just goes to show you. And people thought it was awesome. You know, he's an older guy. I think people were talking to him in the back. Um, yeah, it, it turned out really well for me. I had a great time. And listen, he was doing empty bar, but he didn't give a shit what people <laughs> thought about him squatting an empty bar. You know, there's probably people squatting like 800 something that meet, 900 something. And uh, there he is squatting 65 pounds, empty bar, no weight, can't even put the collars on it. And, uh, you know, he had ended up having a great time. He had a pretty good bench and deadlift. Um, you know, the meet after that, he actually fell over <laughs> with a lift. But, um, you know, he crazy guy. He just enjoyed having a good time. So he didn't give a shit about hitting certain numbers. He just wanted to kind of set a goal for himself and experience it. So, you know, no one's going to think down on you if you can't hit certain numbers. And if you lose, it's not the end of the world. You know, to be honest with you, you're probably going to get a trophy anyways. So, um, you know, don't worry about that. Yep. Scott uh, placed second out of seven lifters. All right. So, yeah, see, uh, he had a great time placing second. 515 squat, 375 bench, 555 deadlift. Great numbers. Great numbers, especially for a first meet. Great numbers. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he wasn't, you know, all bent over getting second. No. Nope. You know, I, thought he, I, I bet he thought it was pretty cool that he got second out of seven people. Um, I think that's pretty cool. And it sounds like he had a great time. And uh, Rob Mantovini, opener Robbie, still, Robbie always Man. get him nervous. What's that, o- opener still gets him nervous? Yep. Man, I tell you, <laughs> the, the one lift that's most nervous for me, and I haven't been competing full power in a while now, but um, was that first deadlift, that opener deadlift. Because you just kind of beat yourself up, went through hell, you, know, you got through the squash, you got through the bench. Um, you really had to pick the right deadlift opener. You know, Especially that not being my greatest lift, I had to make sure... I had a good opener. I would go back to the Arnie last year, and my opener was 550 on the deadlift. And uh, I'm going through warm-ups in the back, and shit's kind of moving a little slow. I'm beat up. like uh, I'm, I'm kind of out of it mentally, and I'm like, shit, I don't know about this 550. <laughs> but I didn't want to change my opener because I didn't want to be a pussy. So I take the 550, got it up. Man, it was a grind. Uh, I go up to my 582nd. missed it. It's like, shit, it's going to be not such a great day. I'm going to total what I did last time. But then, you know, we talked a little about the back, changed my hip tight a little bit, and I, I came back, pulled that 580. So it turned out being a really great day, 1900 at 198. Um, but, yeah, that, that opener still gives me more nervous than any opener. Uh, we got some sirens going on here. Yep. Sounds like some shit's going down. What do you yeah. think it is, Elvis? You know what I saw the other day? <laughs> I was going down the road, heading to the gym. I saw a car literally turned over on its side, like oh. in a fence. Outside the eyeglass shop. That is rough. That was nuts. That guy is not having a good day. Not having a great Hopefully day. Hopefully he has more days ahead. I don't know what the hell happened, but geez. 
That was not good. Yeah. Alright, so we're sirens past. So Pilot thing is not as stressful as having a flipped car. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so we're we are in the green. Yeah. So what well, you know, do you get oh, still nervous about any certain opener? My second bench actually gets me the most nervous. Second bench, jeez, that's yep. a weird one. It's a weird one because the first bench should always be something easy. Mm-hmm. Th- that gives me no nerves. The second bench is usually like uh it's close to my one rep max in the gym. Yeah. It maybe even a small PR. That always gets me so nervous because my bench, I don't know which way it's going. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of yeah. a toss-up for you, huh? It's a toss-up because the squat just takes so much out of me. It's just yeah. my bench does not perform. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, some sometimes you just don't know what kind of day you're going to have <laughs> on a certain lift. And uh, it's either going to go your way or it's not. So you just yep. kind of hope for the best on that one. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a weird one. <laughs> uh, usually first squat, too. First squat, just getting out of the way. Anyone starting to, you know, doing their first meet. Make sure your squat opener is like ridiculously easy. Something you've done a million times at the gym, just get it done. Yep, something something completely boring. Yeah. Yep. So uh, let's kind of talk about you know what you're going to expect or what you should you know think about doing preparing for your first meet. Why don't we go into um, type of things you should already have packed with you? Um, you know numbers you should have hit in the gym already. Uh, let's kind of talk about that. So let's start kind of with what you should pack with you. All right. So the week of your meet, you're usually not lifting very heavy. All right. Granted, you're not doing a water yep. cut because we're not trying to water cut yep. or anything well, for the first time. First meet, let's not talk about that. Yeah. So I like to pack my gym bag the week before after my last heavy training session. All right. So, so you're ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. I already know everything's there. Everything's set. It's all the material and the gear that I've used throughout my training cycle. Yeah. Nothing new. And have it ready to go. Don't do it last minute because nope. I have um, You're gonna I missed some something. things. Yeah, even the last one, I wanted to bring the stick roller. I actually turned around the highway, came back, grabbed my stick roller because I did not want to forget <laughs> that thing. So, um, yeah, I don't pack last minute. You know, I even make that mistake now. But that's a good one. I was, um, let's talk about what else we can bring here. I think if you're a knee-wrapped lifter, make sure your knee wraps are there. All common sense stuff, guys. You should... Have everything you've been through in training. Uh, what's some things that we might want with us that we might not have used? Probably backup equipment. Uh, you know, it's always a good idea to have backup equipment just in case you know, things go wrong, something tears. A wrist strap. Uh, I've had wrist straps, a thumb loop falls off the end. And usually in that case, you can borrow someone's, but you know, having a, a good backup pair, even if it's a lighter pair, some old pair, pack your old stuff. Usually you don't put your old stuff back in your gym bag. Just you know, in case. Contingency. Yeah, yeah, throw the old stuff that you have in the gym bag. Really, you want to pack everything because you want to be prepared on all levels. Um, I, I would pack chalk. Chalk, yeah. In the warm-up room, it, sometimes it just You goes. never know. Yeah. We just got from the Arnie uh, bench bash, and you know, you'd know, you think at a, that kind of level meet on the main stage, they'd have some chalk in the back, but they did not have chalk. No chalk and in I'm the warm-up like, room. Shit, there's no chalk there. So I was like, what am I going to run out on stage and chalk my hands? So I'm, I'm looking around. I'm scrounging it up. I'm in there scraping the bowl with my hands, trying to get any chalk I can. And, you know, majority of my sets, I had to take chalkless. And, uh, you know, when in the shirt, I want to make sure I have chalk, especially with a bar that's not good knurling on it. Um, I don't want my hands to slide. So you don't take that for granted. Uh, yep. Ammonia. Yep. If you're into the ammonia, the smelling salts, and always torque. Uh, have that packed with you fresh stuff because they die out quick it might have leaked if you really want that make sure you get fresh stuff for the meat um and it's all i can 
think of off the bat if we go into food. If you have any grip work, anything you use for grip, sometimes, oh, uh, yeah, so, you know, you should bring the bench, buddy. Yeah, things yeah. that you, so, yeah, if, if you have something in your gym that you use for, like, mobility work, bands, anything like that, yep. good to have packed. Uh, if they don't, if you don't have some, you know, consider if, if it's at your gym, say, we have people that borrow belts. Um, eventually, you're probably going to want to buy your own belt because you're not going to be able to borrow things forever and go to meets. So having bands, if you use bands a lot and are at your gym, buy your own pair of bands so you're ready to go when you need to travel because you're not always going to be able to borrow that stuff from your gym, and it's good to have. Foam rollers, big one. Yep, that's huge. A lot of people use the foam rollers at their facility, but you should have your own. That's something you should have. Um, so yeah, mobility tools, things like that. And I'm telling you guys, you probably can get beat up on a lift, especially when the crowd, you got that energy and, um, like my back, it's really locked up after benching. And I've had that issue kind of going into deads where my back, lower back's just so locked up. And I was just so thankful I had a uh, foam roll and everything. So make sure that's packed. I want to take, talk about, uh, some sort of salt, like noon tabs work very well. Yeah, so yep. we're getting to the food stuff. Yep, it's good let's food. Get into the food stuff. Rob Mantavini's. Uh, so that's a lots good of food. Week. Yeah, lots of food. So we're going to get into the food. Um, man, guys, you should be eating that whole day. If you think of pow- powerlifting meat, we're talking like 8 in the morning lifting starts. You should have already kind of ate by them. Um, and then you're going to like 3 or 4 in the afternoon in some cases. And that's a long time to go without food. You have to have food. I would overpack food. Sometimes it needs to go a little quicker. You don't have time to eat, but I would rather have the food and not eat it. Yes. Uh, pack lots of food, more so than you will actually eat, and bring variety. Um, so first meat, you're probably going to be experiment with what you like in between lifts. Try to figure that out in the in the gym if you can. Pretzels with salt. Anything with salt's really good. That sodium. Uh, keep your electrolytes up. You said noon tabs. Noon tabs are huge, yep. Huge, especially if you're going to cut weight. Not not your first meet, but if it's your experience lift and you've been doing it, you cut some weight, noon tabs, make sure you have those which you're drinking across the day. Um, I like to start with Gatorade, and I'll pour water, kind of dilute it as I go, um, and I'll just kind of drink that in the back because I don't like too much Gatorade with sugar and stuff. Yep. So I'll just dilute it as I go. Um, but you yeah, have all that food with you. I know you're a big fan of uh, Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids, yeah, and so is Louie. I like just the quick sugar and that. So if you are kind of starting to feel a little fatigued, uh, you know, eating a sandwich or something, that's not going to hit it in time, right? So I'll just I'll just eat a bunch of Sour Patch Kids, kind of give me that little burst. Um, you know, if you can eat cleaner throughout the day, then that's good. You know, that that's insulin spike you get from the sugar kind of crash at the end. But, you know, for myself, being a one-lift uh, meat guy right now, uh, I can usually get away with that quick stuff because, you know, I can fall asleep after my last bench if I want. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys got to deal with I would also not do a wild different, anything wildly different than what you usually eat. Yeah. Like if you, let's say you've eaten dirty all throughout your prep, all throughout your training, you shouldn't get chicken, broccoli, and rice for your meat. That, no. that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, don't change things up. You probably shit weird. You'll have to run <laughs> to the bathroom. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, my meat where I qualified for the Arnie Full Power, uh, I packed these sandwiches. And sandwiches usually work good for me, you know, but I don't load them up. I loaded these babies up. We had honey mustard on there. We had mayonnaise. These are all things that kind of trigger my heartburn type of deal. Peppers, hot peppers. And this thing was chalk-loaded. I would have ate the shit out of it if I wasn't lifting. You know, it was hard to hold off. But, man, I start eating these things when we're lifting. 
and I'm just getting this major heartburn. I'm like, shit. I, was, I re, uh, talked to the guy next to me who was competing with Shawnee, a good friend of mine from the gym. And, uh, man, I was like, Shawnee, man, you got some of those Tums? I need those freaking Tums. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah, he gave me uh, some of his Tums. Luckily, he had that. So, you know, keep those on hands, too. Tums are sometimes a lifesaver. But I was burning, man, I'll tell you. Uh, I was burning. Don't pack weird Sammies. All right, even if you enjoy eating them there, just pack the basic shit. At Subway, I know the sweet onion sauce sometimes affects me, so I try to get something a little sauceless. Just some food. Subway, by the way, that's my, my go-to before meat. I always do really well with Subway. Just throw me a dozen donuts and we're good to go. He's a donut guy. In the last meat, freaking at Small Arm Leg Strong over here, we go over to McDonald's, get a freaking McGriddle. Bad <laughs> idea. That didn't oh. work out so well. McDonald's. Me are no longer friends. Yeah, that, dirty. Was, that was just a fun meet, unsanctioned. So I was like, F it. And, uh, you know, we got McGriddles, but um, I had some bathroom trips in there. I had some strong cramping going on. Yeah, I should have brought Tums for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you, you learn from that. Bring your bring your food with you. Pack a lot. Noon tabs, water, you know, the Gatorade dilute type of deal. Um, I think that's all good stuff. And have that ahead of time. Know what you want to bring. Again, pack your gym bag really early. Uh, so we kind of covered what to actually bring with you. So what have you should have already done in training? You should have hit your opener uh, probably multiple times. Yep. All right, that should be something that you're confident with hitting. And it should be the exact number, not just the whereabouts. You know, have an opener in mind at least a few weeks out from the meet and make sure you've hit that already a couple times. Um, you know, going into my meets, I kind of plan out numbers. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Coffee burps. <laughs> so you already have numbers. Uh, I, I have numbers almost eight weeks out. I'll kind of start playing with numbers in my head and do them in a training. And by the time I get to the meet, I've handled those certain meet numbers like six times already, um, probably two or three times all the way down full range of motion, I'm talking a quip shirt. Um, but, yeah, make sure you hit your openers multiple times and you're confident with it. You've never missed them. You're confident with it. Um, you should probably hit your second attempts. At least once. That's a heavier lift. You should hit that once. And third attempts, usually something that you've never hit before because, you you know, you want that meet PR um, to be an all-time PR ideally. But, again, we talked your first meet. It's not a bad idea just to hit something you've hit before in the gym. So all these numbers you're taking at the meet, you should already hit at the gym at some point. Opener more than uh, many. All right. And the other ones you should uh, – I probably have hit at least once. You should have uh, definitely some type of over- overload in training if you can. Yeah. You know whether that's a slingshot on the bench, little you know a little more than your second. Yeah. Reverse bands. That's a know. good point. You know if you have that available to you, uh, if you lift in a, a good facility, powerlifting facility, um, you know even a slingshot in a commercial gym you can get away with, but some type of device that allows you to handle that third attempt type weight, but deloads you in some capacity. So like a reverse band deadlift is going to give you that boost off the bottom, but now you're going to get that full weight in your hands at the top. So it's giving you a little assist, but you're kind of getting that feel of what the weight feels like. That's a good one. For people who don't even have bands, I like a very low rack ball. Like mm. still below the knee, above the ankle, somewhere in between. So you get to get a feel you're, for it. Just to have the, because a lot of people, their grip is what they're really not confident about on the deadlift. Yeah. So if you can hold something above your max, that that's a good confidence booster. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a good way to approach it, get that weight in your hands. 
But I think, you know, that's really what you should cover in training. You should have your numbers in mind at least a week out, if not more. Um, already you've hit those numbers. So if you're going into your first meet, that'll give you so much more confidence. You'll, you'll feel a lot more prepared. It always comes down to preparation. Uh, for every uh, lifter that I have when I go to the meet, I have a printed out paper, all the warm-ups, all the attempts we're going to take, and we'll make modifications from there. But whether I have that on my phone or an actual paper format, and I will send that to them as well. They are prepared. We know what we're coming in to hit. We have goals. We have old meat PRs. We have all that in front of us so that we're confident when that time comes. We don't have to brainstorm for what the hell we want to do. All right. It's all in the preparation. So that's big. Coming into your first meet, just be over-prepared. Prepare in every way possible. Also, don't do crazy shit the week of your meet. Like, oh, smart. Like skiing? Oh, like, like skiing, like skiing. snowboarding, like taking your, uh, you know, your third attempts in the gym? Yeah. That's yeah, just don't, dumb. Yeah, don't do yeah. that stuff. Uh, if you're starting out, you probably don't even know better, but if you listen to this, don't do that. And, um, you know, depending on how serious this meet is for you, I wouldn't be going out doing crazy stuff like skiing or something in case you do take a bad tumble and whatever, and then there goes your meet, and now you're yeah. hurt. So just something to keep in mind, especially if you get into the higher levels. All right, so we got covered what you should do in training, how you should prepare your food, get ready for this meet. Uh, now let's kind of switch gears and talk about what you're going to expect once you get into the meet. All right, let's let's just say, for example, it's a morning meet. All right, you should wake up early, you should get breakfast, come over to the place. If it's starting at 8, usually places are pretty good, feds are pretty good about starting when they say they're going to start. So if you're starting at 8, you're probably going to have a rules meeting, 725, something like that, early enough that you can get people in the back to start warming up. But and don't skip the rules meeting if it's your first meet. Absolutely, that's a good point. Make sure you're there at the rules meetings. Um, you know, if you're nervous, I'm sure that's going to help calm your nervousness. They're going to talk about everything you need to know. So every Fed has that. They're going to go over what's expected. Don't miss that. Pretty much the point is show up early. Yep. Make sure you're showing up first in the door if you can just make sure you get settled in um you know even at this level now i'm super nervous until i get to the venue once i get to the venue i'm more uh, settled in i'm not as nervous i can relax a little bit because i know i'm there i'm prepared for anything that's going to happen especially if you're late that's just another stress on your day yeah you want to eliminate stressors be there early it's like when you're going late to work how much that stresses you out you know, there's nothing you can do. It is what it is. You're going to show up when you show up, but you're freaking out the whole time, regardless. Yep. All right. I go through that a lot in meets if I'm kind of running late. Make sure you're there early, you're settled in, you're prepared. You know, whatever's going to happen, you're seeing it occur. You know, you're ready. Okay. So show up early, go to the rules meeting. What's going to happen after the rules meeting? Say your first flight. All right. They're going to have flight lists. That's a grouping. All right. So say there's 60 lifters. Um, we'll just say it's flights of 20. So they're going to take that 60 lifters, right? That's the morning session. They're going to break that into groups of 20 based on usually what weight you're opening at. Okay, so we're going to probably take 20 lifters. That's first flight, another 20, second flight, another flight three is another 20 lifters. All right, broken down. You have to check, and they're probably going to post it up somewhere, or someone will tell you uh, what flight you're in. So you're going to look for your name. Say you're flight one. All right, you're the first 20 lifters to go. Those 20 lifters are going to run through all three attempts. All right, so before they even go into the next flight, you're going to get a chance to run down that 20 lifter list and take 
each of your attempts. Okay, that's how it's broken down. That's how it runs, in case you're wondering. All right, so if your first flight, you just had rules meeting. We're starting at 8 a.m. It's 7.30 a.m., all right? Usually 30 minutes, windows, a good time to warm up, spatial warm-ups. But you'll see there's usually a general flow. People will start taking the bar. Get in there, take that bar early. Uh, but space out your warm-ups. Kind of keep a track of how many warm-ups you need to take, usually around seven. All right, know the number you want to hit, how many warm-ups you want to hit. And I just tell people, break it up. Take that 30-minute uh, window and then break it up by attempts. All right, so it's every four or five minutes you're going to have to be taking... Uh, an attempt, all right, or just kind of go with the flow. People will add weights on as they go, and there'll be kind of a cycle. You know, this guy will go, next guy, next guy, next guy. Um, they'll have that kind of general flow. Uh, so that's what you're probably going to encounter in warm ups. Just make sure you're getting back there, you're ready to go, ready to jump into that order, all right, and know ahead of time what weight you want to take. No one likes it when someone tries to jump into that that cycle there and they don't know what number they want and they're like trying to figure it out in their head that's where you know coming in prepared takes place the good thing about the grouping of the flights is that you're going to be warming up with people who are going to be taking around the same weight as you are obviously yes. not exactly but you know yeah so, like 200 and 300 yeah if you're opening 200 pounds squat yep. you're not going to be warming up probably with people taking 900 pound opener all right, so you're grouped with people that are going to be handling around your weight. Okay, so you run through that. You go through warm-ups. Uh, it just goes right into it. All right, so usually you have a start time. That start time is going to be pretty solid. I mean, that first person has to be up there. They're going to start a lifting clock. And then it just runs through the order, and they'll be announcing you. Uh, why don't we go through, like, what each thing is? So usually they'll tell you if you're four out. All right, that means you're the fourth person up. Then you're going to get in the hole. That's three out. That's the terminology in the hole. All right, that's pretty universal. You'll hear that. Uh, two out is on deck. All right, just like you're playing baseball again. You're on deck. You're the next guy up. All right, um, and then you're just you're out there. All right, you're out there next when they that name's called. Uh, and usually you have 60 seconds from when they load the bar. But by then you should be standing around the chalk bowl. You're ready to go anyway. Okay, but always listen up because they're going to announce all this stuff. So you're in the back warming up. You get done. Leave about four or five minutes before your first attempt. All right, you need a little rest after doing all those warm-ups. Make sure you're prepared. And then just listen. Just listen, and they're going to run down the list. After your first lift, get back there, find a seat, do whatever you have to do, and then just listen. And then you're just chilling from that point. All right, and they're going to go through that list again. And then usually you have to wait for the rest of the flights. You get a break, and then you're on to the bench. And usually if you're first flight for squat, you're probably first flight for bench. But make sure you check that. Okay, so that's what you're going to encounter at a meet. And we kind of talked about the meet environment. Anything else you think we need to touch on about you know being in that meet environment? I would just know like how long it takes to put your equipment on. So, for example, knee if you have sleeves or knee wraps, you know, bench... Yeah, Anything, just count for that. Yep. So try not to get all your gear on when you're up, because then you're going to try to rush to the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's a good uh, thing to bring up too. If you're knee wrapped, uh, usually having someone wrap your knees and the timing of that's really important because you don't want to be in those restrictive wraps, losing you know the blood to your legs um, too early, because then you're not going to feel your feet by the time yep. you're up there. And Four you out is definitely late. not 
the time to wrap your knees. Yeah, yep. don't do. I usually I'm pretty fast with it, so I'm wrapping someone. I'm pretty much doing on deck because um, I've got it down to where I just bang those things out. And you gotta remember, you have 60 seconds to get up there and do your lift. So even when they call your name, you got a little time. All right, if you can stay in those the least amount possible, the better. Okay, um, so that's real important. Getting that timing down, you can practice that in training. How long you actually need uh, to get those on. So everything just kind of being ahead of the game on all that. You know, we kind of talked about that rundown, so you know what to expect on that account. Uh, so we talked about what to bring, uh, what to do week before in training, packing. So. Do you have, why don't you talk about your first experience, your thoughts going in, we kind of touched on that, and then um, just how it went, and I'll kind of share mine. So my first meet, I was nervous as shit, I was completely, I was cutting weight into it, mistake number one. Mistake number one. I missed weight, so mistake number two. Mistake number two, that's like (laughs) double whammy. Double whammy. Setting yourself up for a poor meet and not making weight. About six pounds off. (laughs) I didn't even know about water cuts, but first meet, Six pounds off. Yeah. All right. Could have made it. All right, first meet. So uh, the day of the meet, I didn't know how many people were going to be there. I actually didn't bring any food either. Oh, mistake number three. Mistake number three. Yeah, it was was a train wreck. Oh, my goodness. So I go in, I meet some people, I make friends, you know. Moment for squats. My squat goes fine. I was squatting in a pair of Nike Freeze. What would you do, two for three? Three for three? I went three for three on my squats. Three for three, great start. Yep. So that, that was good. That was a good time. And then all I'm thinking about while I'm there is that there's this guy warming up for his opener for like a 600 pound squat and it wasn't even weight class so i was like whoa where am i you know <laughs> yeah kind of shock that shock real numbers getting put yeah, up you see some real big lifts when you yep. go to meet then uh on my bench uh about half an hour in between my last squat and my first bench i was cramping up i was just drinking water no salt okay. no gatorade no nothing all right mistake yeah. number four mistake i think number we're four. at yeah some geez adding it up Oh, man. Mistake number five came on my first bench. First bench, okay. First bench, all right. It, it was easy. It was a good attempt. I missed the command. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, guys, we didn't even talk about commands. Yeah. We didn't even talk about commands. We'll get through that after. Especially if you're coming from a commercial gym where I was at the time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that, we got to talk about commands. All right, you finish up your story. We'll talk about commands after all right. that. Second attempt, I could not get a handoff person. Ooh. How did you not Ooh. get a handoff person? Ooh. You just didn't go and get one? I, I was just like, I just got to nail this. I clearly forgot to ask Oh, anybody. my goodness. All right, yep. where are we on? Mistake number five or six Mistake or something? Mistake number five or six, yeah. All right. It's a lot longer list of Get mistakes. a handoff. Get a handoff. I help you out failed that one at the bottom. All right. You know what I did after that? I raised my attempt for my third. Oh, that was not smart. <laughs> Guys, if you don't even have a list recorded, don't go and raise it. So... Mistake number seven or, or 12? Yeah, might as well be 100 <laughs> at this point. So what happened? I did it. I followed all the commands till the end. The rack. Oh, I missed. I man. hit the lift. It was my wow. only good lift. And you missed another and command? And I missed it. I bombed out on the bench. Wow. Yep. You missed like multiple commands through that. Yeah. Two missed lifts because of commands. That's a rough one. It's rough. Uh, so that was the end of your day, huh? End of the day. But did you have a good time at least? I learned from that meet. <laughs> All right. So that was like kind of a rough like, first experience. Yep. That's kind of why we're covering this. And it usually doesn't go like that. But I've been seeing more and more people kind of take that approach. Like they just open way too high in the squat, which is why I try to always recommend a tip to them in the back because I don't want to see that happen to them. But, you know, you turned out all right. You're still into it. You're yeah. You're doing meets. 
So, you know, he wasn't too, uh, you know, distraught after that. I'm sure he wasn't happy at the time, but um, you guys can recover, and you still had a good time with some good people, right? I'm more mad that I lost my shirt from that meet than I was at my performance. Uh, mistake number 29 oh. or something by then. You know, he lost his shirt. You usually get a meat shirt. Yep. Elvis went around and just dumped it somewhere. He was pissed. I was He must mad. have been pissed. All right, so... Not the greatest first meet experience. But Had a great training cycle after. Had a so. great, there you go. So that really, you let him amp it up. It amped him up for his next one. All right, and how many are you in now? What is this, like your third coming up? Fourth? Like fourth, right about. Something like that. Yep. Yeah, so you're having a good time. It's been a while now. So my first meet, well, let's cover commands before we get into it. It's such an important concept. We just learned from Elvis's mistakes here. He just destroyed himself on the bench, missing commands. And, and the bench incorporates the most commands out of all of them. Each federation has different commands, too. So this, you know, should look up the rules first. Yeah, look yeah. up the rules. We were talking about look, making sure you're just ahead of the game, checking out the rules of whatever federation you're competing in. They probably have a website. Uh, so I'm just going to cover what commands are pretty universal, and that's... Um, and this is something we'll go over in the rules meeting, so you know we're not going to touch on it in too great a detail here, exactly how to perform the lifts. But in terms of commands for squat, usually you're going to get a squat command. So you have to you know, take that weight up, stand up completely, you know, locked out knees, everything's upright, you know, locked out hips. Uh, then you're going to get a squat command. Once that weight settles, everything's in place. Uh, you know, you're not moving around. You're locked out. The head judge, the guy in front of you sitting in the chair, he's going to wave you down. He's going to say squat. All right, then you can begin the process. I've seen a lot of people miss on this. Um, they'll just kind of take the weight and go, and, and I've done that before as well. Uh, and you learn the hard way that way. But uh, wait for that squat command. Someone will tell you to squat. And it's good practice anyway to wait on these initial commands um, anyway in training just to have that weight settle. And that's pretty much it you're getting for the squat. You're going to get the rack command at the end. Usually it's hard to beat that unless you're falling forward and you just kind of dump it in the rack. But don't be quick to rack it. You know, if you have full control, you get it up. You know, get it up there. Be proud with it and uh, wait for that rack command because that's the worst. When you finish a lift and you just don't hear that rack command or something, you just get it in quick. You know, as Elvis found out, that's what cost him his meat. That hurts deep. Yeah, that rack command is a killer because you did the lift. You know, if you miss the bench command, at least you know it and you can, like, stop or something. But, like, if you did the lift, you're fatiguing yourself and it's a bunch of bad stuff. So two things with this squat. You're going to get that squat command and that rack command. All right? Don't wait in the bottom for an up. You're not going to get an up call. Just hit your depth and go. You're not going to know if you hit depth or not until after when they give you the lights. There's, there's no extra credit for going deeper than parallel. Most. Yep, that's good. And yeah. there's no extra credit for doing a pause squat. Yes, that's, that's correct. You don't want to go too, too deep. And you don't want to uh, hold it down there, kind of thinking that you're getting something out of that. You're just kind of wearing yourself out, all right? Not taking away from that rebound effect. Bench. Most commands on the bench. What we're going to look at here, we're going to get the actual bench command, all right, the start command. Same thing as in the squat. Take that weight out. Elbows locked out. Control. Bar's not moving. Good practice to do this anyway. They're going to give you the guy behind you. He's going to say bench or start, all right? And that's when you can begin lowering the bar. Bench, you have to pause on the chest. You can't just rebound off the chest. You can't bounce it. So you have to wait for that pause command or that um, press command. All right, so you do have to pause on your chest for a little bit. All right, that bar, by rule, has to become uh, motionless. All right, so if you're more controlled with your descent, you're probably going to get a, a quicker press call. But once that bar is motionless, 
touching your chest, you're going to get that press call. Wait for that press call. That's probably the one I see people uh, blow through most often, especially coming from a commercial gym setting where you haven't practiced that. Um, always practice your pauses in the gym. All my lifters, everything I tell them on bench is with a pause unless otherwise noted. Um, it's just important to always work that. That's part of the lift on the bench. If you're if you're doing touch and go, you're not getting, you're not you're not you know practicing what you're going to get at competition. You know you have to be strong down there, and then you're going to get a rack command similar to the squat. Three commands: um, bench, press, rack. All right, moving on the deadlift. Um, you know you're just going to get a down signal. So you start when you're ready. The guy will usually have his hand up in front of you. You don't wait for him to tell you to go or anything. Just grab that bar, let it rip, all right? And then once you lock it out, make sure you don't drop it till you see his hand go down and he says down. All right, very simple in the deadlift. A lot of federations, you have to go down with the bar. Yeah. See a lot of people pick it up, do a great deadlift, lay it go out of their hands. That's a wrap. Yeah, that's important note too. When you get that down command, control it down. You really just need your hands on the bar. It doesn't have to be a slow descent, but you have to have your hands on the bar and uh, that, that's important too. I've seen people lose deadlifts that way, and that sucks. Because especially it's the last thing of the day, and, and you know, you're it. probably hitting your total, and you don't want to miss it that way. All right, so that's the commands. I'll tell you real quick on my first meet experience. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, kind of funny, but I go into the meet super nervous, long drive, and uh, I get there, not many people around. Uh, I'm super shy at that point. You know, I was not talking to a lot of people. Uh, I was kind of intimidated by being around a bunch of lifters. I had the wrong idea of what this sport was kind of all about. And um, so I didn't even warm up. And it's only 13 people, so I'm not getting in the way. I thought I was getting in the way or something. Uh, I see everyone kind of going in order, so I'm like, shit, I don't want to get on this guy's bench. But, you know, now I own the bench, so you're on my bench. <laughs> so I was in the back, and uh, I'm doing, like, air squats for warm-ups. Uh, really dumb mistake number one there I don't, I don't even know if i packed food that's like mistake two or not even good um it was a quick meet though and uh, so that was that you know, i come out there do like 350 cold <laughs> i did some air they were great air squats i killed the air squats but and i was a little you know i was a little lighter so i guess that doesn't help me but i went out there 350 cold i didn't even wear my knee wraps i was a, a knee wrapped lifter at that meet my knee wrap was like bent leg, like very light. You Got know, some East Bandage kind yeah, of going? I did not know what the hell was going on. So I go out. I didn't even knee wrap till like my 385 was my third attempt. And, um, man, that was dumb. So mistake <laughs> <laughs> number two. No one told me that, though. Um, and then uh, I go into bench. Same thing. Just kind of did push-ups or something. Same, I ended up hitting 300. I was, I was like a 15-pound all-time PR. It was nuts. So maybe I should try that again. <laughs> go, go push-ups to 700. Um, deadlifts, same deal. I don't know what the hell I did for deadlifts when out there. Um, but you know, at that stage in the game, when you're a newer lifter, you can get a, away with a lot of mistakes. But you can see from what I did, totally unprepared to what I would encounter now. Um, reach out to someone, too. If it's your first meet, make sure you reach out to someone that's done it before. Uh, reach out to a coach. It's really easy. You know, even my business is bent uh, or you know built around online coaching. You can Google search coaches, and they there's a lot that do a fantastic job online coaching. Unfortunately, like anything too, like a gym too, you, know, you run into some that aren't so great. 
uh, and more or less take that paycheck and, and don't really help you much, but um, do a little research, you know, find out what their results are in the past. But there's a lot of people out there just by a simple Google search that I'd be happy to help you out in your first meet. Um, but yeah, reach out to someone and don't be afraid to make mistakes because we all have them. You know, no one had a perfect first meet unless you are working with someone and then you probably had a, a really good prepared meet. But, you know, me and Elvis just told you our experiences and his went terrible. Mine went great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just reach out to someone. And I hope this podcast today kind of serves as a teaching tool uh, to just get into a meet. You just got to sign up. You just got to do it. Send in that check, and your training will go to a whole new level. You probably motivated once you, you sign I up. I was so more amped to train once I knew I was training for something. Yeah. Yep. You can't just train when you don't have a goal in, in sight. Once you send in that check, it becomes reality. I have to, like, show up that day and, like, do something. Yeah. So you have to be ready for it. So it just takes your training to a whole new level. If you're on the fence, it's a sign that you should just sign up. Just sign up. That's why I tell people, just do it. You're competing against yourself. No one, no one's, like, watching you, like, critiquing you. No one's um, – everyone's super, super helpful in the back. You're going to make a lot of friends. It's going to be such a great experience that – you're going to be so glad that you did it. No one's ever unhappy that they did a powerlifting meet. Um, you know, I, I at least have never met anyone like that. But uh, even Elvis, you know, he had a rough go and he was happy. He had a good time. He's Especially if you're new. You can learn so much just from that one day. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, you learn a tremendous amount. And I've seen newer lifters come in. I see them at meets. I go back to that meet again months later, same venue, or a year later. They're still there. Just keep growing. They're there again. Mm -hmm. And then they're more well-versed now. They got a routine down. It's just really cool to see. So, guys, if you're on the fence, if you're an experienced lifter, show this to someone that you know is on the fence. Show this to someone to kind of calm their nerves a little bit. Guys, just do it. Just pick out a meet. Just get there. You know, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. No one's going to, you know, be harsh on you for it. Uh, if you can find someone that can help you online, do a Google search or something, then find that person that can help you. And you're going to make a lot of cool friends, and it's just going to kind of grow from there. So just get out there and do it. All right, any comments coming in, or we wrapping this baby up? I think that uh, Strength and Power Review said the bench block is a great mic holder. The bench block is a great mic holder, and that brings up, I wanted to mention, guys, go to benchblocks.com, their website there, their store page. You can get 10% off the bench blocks, also their wrist straps by entering big benches 10 all right that's big benches 10 10 percent off bench block store um, go and grab some the great training tool i like to meet peak people with with boards and this is a great training tool so you don't have to have someone standing there holding the wooden board over you but it also serves as, as a great mic holder but uh yeah go out get yourself some bench blocks big benches 10 all right fantastic tool and i've been using their wrist straps as well um, more like my overhead presses, a nice light wrist strap you can get on and off very quickly. And they have grippers, just like the Inzer grippers. Those wrist straps really grip to you. Uh, fantastic. All right. So is that about it? I'm going to wrap this it. baby up. I'm here with at small arm leg strong on Instagram. You can follow us at big benches. Make sure you go give this iTunes podcast here a five-star review. I'll strip you out a lanyard if you go review this podcast. All right. Uh, follow us on YouTube. That's where a lot of our content is. All our great content is on YouTube. If you want to bench better, 
no better place on the web to be than the Big Benches YouTube channel content dating back two years now. Fantastic bench knowledge. And uh, you can follow me personally at Bench and Benny on Instagram. All right. Thank you for listening to The Benchcast, episode four.